It was a phrase that came to me in 2013 on my birthday, walking with my wife who we were living in India at the time. And she asked some question like, if you could do anything, what would you do or something like that? I don't remember. And that that just phrase just popped out of my mouth fully formed. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then I started crying for 20 minutes and I was just, whoa, okay. So it's like just awestruck by the vision of that. We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance. So I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Benton Crane, your co-host and the CEO of Harmon Brothers. Today, I have with me Calvin Corelli. Welcome to the show, Calvin. Thank you so much, Benton. I really appreciate appreciate to being here. So, Calvin is the founder of a multi-million dollar company called Simplero. And I'm going to let him tell us about that. But first, I find this really fascinating. So, Calvin is the self-proclaimed future special advisor to the president of the United States on conscious nation building. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a phrase that came to me in 2013 on my birthday, walking with my wife who we were living in India at the time. And she asked some question like, if you could do anything, what would you do or something like that? I don't remember. And that, that just phrase just popped out of my mouth fully formed. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then I started crying for 20 minutes and I was just, whoa, okay. So it's like just awestruck by the vision of that. And so it's, it stayed with me since. And then a couple of years ago, I got way more interested in, in politics and how it actually works and started studying more. And so I have a project that I call Notable Nation, which is sort of a long-term project to, uh, yeah, correct, <laughs> correct in politics, if you will. So what I realized is that, that um, after hanging out with people that are both on the left and the right, is that we all want the same things, right? We want people to be happy and safe and prosperous. And, you know, we want Earth to sustain human life for, for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, but we can't agree on anything because we were, we keep fighting over the details instead of the big picture. And so, and I think a big part of it is, is uh, just helping people be more mature, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And if we can do that, then all the other problems take care of themselves very easily. But your legit goal, you're like, you're legit working toward becoming a special advisor to the president of the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think that is um, the fact that it's self-proclaimed and you're working towards it. I find that extremely fascinating. Um, how are you going to get there? How am I going to get there? Um, relationships. I mean, that's the simple answer, right? Relationships and having a, a clear profile and agenda um, that people can buy into. Okay, Calvin, this is the Poop to Gold podcast, and we're going to dive into your Poop to Gold journey. But before we do, take just a minute and tell our listeners what is Simplero, and also tell our listeners um, about the coaching that you do to help transform lives. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, Simplero is a, a integrated all-in-one software platform for coaches, authors, speakers, people selling information courses, memberships. So basically anything that doesn't need to be shipped via UPS or USPS or something like that. And I created it 11 years ago now 
because I had been struggling as an entrepreneur and I um, went through a personal development. I had a, a you know, coach and got a coach education and I worked with a spiritual teacher and the tools and techniques that I learned there, I was like, every other entrepreneur needs to know this stuff. And so I was an engineer and a, and a not very great entrepreneur. And I was like, this needs to, this needs to get out there. And so that's when I discovered online courses and I ended up building the software for it because I didn't like what was out there. I figured I could do better. And that became Simplero. Still around today and still doing great. Are you, is Simplero an alternative to the Kajabis of the world, the ClickFunnels, yeah. uh, yeah. that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. And and what's Simplero's unique differentiator that differentiates you from a Kajabi or a ClickFunnels? Right. The, the unique thing is that it's integrated and it's more... Uh, flexible than than a Kajabi, say like a, a you know a, a ClickFunnels doesn't really have the membership site piece. It doesn't really have your website. It, there's a lot of pieces that that they, they don't do. And then uh, it has your landing pages, but not the site, as far as I know, anyway. And then um, on the other end, we we know that if you do this kind of business, you you have. You know, anything from a free thing to lead magnet to like a, a $7 tripwire kind of thing to, uh, you know, something high end expensive at the at the top end. Right. So we try to be flexible and robust for that type of business model. We don't lock you into a specific format. Awesome. And okay. can I also add two things, which is customer service and concierge, which is something that like I am obsessed with service, with giving great service. And so that's something that we invest very, very heavily in. And as part of that, we have this white glove concierge service, which uh, I don't think um, others in the in the field does. And that's um, really phenomenal where we, like, we can do this stuff for you and really help you um, hands on. And what about the uh, what about the coaching that you do? Right. So my journey and that's I mean, it's kind of getting into the, the poop to gold story, actually, because my journey has been one of, of growing up. Like I would say starting starting point for real in, in 2003, so like 17 years now of growing up uh, in every possible way. Uh, and, you know, from a, you know, not having, <laughs> you know, no good business, terrible relationships, terrible health, you know, not knowing my purpose or my passions or what I really wanted to do and just being stuck in life to having figured all these areas out. And so, it is what I've come to realize is that that really the job of a leader is to grow up. Like what we need from leaders are that for them to be fully grown up, because then you just you can step into that leadership and you can lead other people on their on their journeys, whether that's in business or in you know public service or whatever kind of like in your community, in your family, in your home. Right? We need more grown up leaders. So that's what my coaching is about. And when you say grown up, what does that mean to you? What, what do you mean by grow up? I mean, by grow up, I mean that you take responsibility for what's in your head. Right. You question your beliefs and you 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 know, you are actively in control of your of your mindset of, of what's going on inside your head it means you could take control of your emotions. Right. You take responsibility for your emotions. If you feel it, it's your responsibility. Figure it like it's caused by some thought that you have. And so starting to unravel those patterns. We all have when we when we grow up, we feel stuff that we can't handle in the moment. And mm -hmm. those feelings don't go away. They get stuck inside of us. And so taking responsibility for that process of releasing all of that old stuff. Like what happens is we get into a, some situation today and it triggers something that happened, you know, 
30 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And then we get really emotional about it. So every time that happens, you go back and you're like, okay, what happened? And then you un, you kind of release that, right? And then physically, right? We get, we got to take charge of our bodies, our exercise, our diets, what we do, our sleep, all those things, and be responsible about that. And finally, I'd say like our our purpose and our creativity and finding that that energy genius and, and expressing that through everything that we do. Take us through your journey. So bring us back to 2003 before you grew up and, uh, and, and some of the things that were awry in, in your life. Or maybe you could even take us to a specific moment where things got really crappy. Right. Yeah, there was a, there was a, a moment that the, the thing that kind of started to break things apart for me was, was, you know, I was starting to, I was trying to build a business and I, I had this notion that I need, I needed to be like Bill Gates level successful or I should not exist. Like I should just go kill myself. Like I, I'm, I'm taking up space that other people should be occupying and I'm breathing the air that they should be breathing. That was kind of like my level of like. Talk about an either or. <laughs> <laughs> you either have to be Bill Gates or just don't exist. Exactly, right. And it, it didn't really occur to me that there's actually probably like billions of people that are not Bill Gates rich, you know, and they're still here. Like, why am I less worthy than them? But that was that was what was in my head. It was. Um, and and so I was just so obsessed with like, just tell me what I got to do to be successful. Just tell me what I what it is. I'm just what whatever. And so I had this. I actually started a company in in one that that became fairly successful in 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 a short amount of time. Not anything ridiculous. It was like a consulting firm, so it wasn't you know out of um, it was no unicorn or anything like that. But then I gathered this uh, uh, advisory board meeting with some smart folks and we sat there and then after we had been strategizing, one of them looked me dead in the eyes and he said, look, we've been here for three hours and I still don't know what you want. And it was one of those moments where I was like, what do you mean? I just want to be successful. Tell me how to be successful. And at the same time, it hit something deeper in me where I was like, wait, I'm allowed to want something in business? Like I'm allowed to actually have fear. And then next thing was like, I don't know what I want. I have no idea. And it made me realize I, I didn't know how to feel. Like I was just this brain that was carried around on this like annoying vehicle that they call, call a body, right? And it was just, you know, my brain, super smart. But but when you can't feel, you don't know what you want. And that was that was my life. And it yeah, it took me, it took me sort of five years to to get to the point where I could. So therapy, coaching, uh, found this incredible body therapy. It's called Body SDS, which I'm working on bringing to the states. It's it's in from Denmark, which is where I was at the time and where I'm from. So it's one of my, my one of my practices. Bring bring that over here. Um, and then in 2008, I had a moment. That was kind of my my. Um, you know, that was the big wake up, if you will. The the 2003 was that sowing the seed, right? And then in, in 08, that was a, uh, I was married. We had uh, our second child. He wouldn't sleep. We bought this house that ended up being way more expensive than we thought because we couldn't get a regular mortgage. We had to borrow from my dad at exorbitant rates. And it was the middle of the winter and it was cold and the boiler ran out of the oil and I had no idea how that stuff worked because you know I'd never had a house before. It was just crappy. And then we were kind of broke from this. And and normally I would just go out and find some projects to work on, some contract work. This time I did and I found like five different and they all just fell through the cracks. Like all of them at the same time. And I was like, wow. When you and say I fell through this, the cracks, meaning like you didn't get the jobs or you failed to deliver on the jobs? What do you no, mean? No, 
I meant that they we actually had signed contracts and then partners in that that I was working for threw a fit and had this big, big argument and that just d- dissolved. And the other one, they got upset with each other and I sided with the wrong one. And then like that was out of the question. And then, you know, Greenpeace called me. I had actually been I've d- done their CMS and their intranet for Greenpeace International worked for them for six years. They called me up right at this time and said, look, we've made uh, budgets for this year and your name ain't on, in it. Um, we're going to outsource that to India now. So I was like, great. <laughs> so it's like a perfect storm of um, what you would be falling back on for financial stability. Exactly. right. And it was kind of all pulled out from underneath you. Exactly. And so I was like, OK, maybe this is the universe trying to tell me that. I, now is the time to find out what I actually want because I'd been avoiding that question. And I did. And so you, you said you have a young kid at this point uh-huh. and you've got a mortgage now. Uh-huh. So you talk about the universe trying to tell you something here, but what does right. that feel like? Like, like what are the emotions that you're experiencing at, at that moment? Yeah. Um, it was like, it was a, you know, a desperation, right? It's like, and, and, and like, what what the hell like what what is going on and then what happened was my wife took the kids off to to somewhere else uh because the house wasn't done we had people working on the house at the same time it was like we did some remodeling and there was just it was cold and there was just too much for them so they went away so i was alone there and basically with nothing to do because all these contracts had had disappeared and so it was like well if i can't do anything else like what like yeah it was like what is this? What am I supposed to do? So yeah, desperation. And then, and then, um, I don't know, it's like a, some, a door opening in, in a sense. Yeah. It's a good question. I haven't been back there in a, in a, in a while. So this door is opening and, uh, w- what do you do with this moment? So I, I, I pulled out some books. I had been thinking about purpose and like, is there something called a purpose? Like, is there a passion? Um, what is it? What is mine? And I'd been kind of speculating on that for, for months at this time, but not actually really looked. And um, so at this moment, I'm like, okay, pulled out various books. I had some stuff that I bought from Tony Robbins years before and another book on purpose and things like that. And I was like, okay, what, what are some of the questions that they have me ask myself? And it's like, what kind of activities do you love doing? What kind of people do you enjoy being around? What was your dream as a kid to grow up to be and things of that nature and sat down and filled it out on my own this evening in February, 2008. And then as I did that, it was, it was wild. It was kind of like, you know, I don't even remember finishing it or anything. I just remember this feeling of kind of like the clouds parting and just this complete vision landed in front of me of I'm here to integrate entrepreneurship and spirituality before, like I always loved entrepreneurship, but both my parents were entrepreneurs. My mom started a software company and grew it to 50 people um, in 1980. And uh, my dad had a, a, a business, always loved that side. I had, as a kid, I was very spiritually minded. Felt mm-hmm. like I could see behind what was going on with people and that sense of feeling, but then I shut it down because I had some experiences that made me feel like I can't trust this. Mm-hmm. Like when, 
when when poop hits the fan, um, this is not reliable. And so I closed that door, rejected it, and um, very skeptical of anything personal development. I also had this belief that if you needed to talk to someone like a coach or a psychiatrist or something, that meant you had already failed. And so I might as well go kill myself. Like you had to figure it out on your own or you're a broken person, right? But I'd crossed that line already. I'd like, okay, I give up. I'm broken. <laughs> you know, sign me up, right? Um, yeah. So, so during those years before this moment that like I'd open up a little bit to the coaching and to looking at beliefs and then talking to a therapist and, and then eventually to the spiritual side again, and that feeling that, that we're all connected, that there's something bigger in life that, that we can feel our intuition and we can feel guided and, and that kind of thing. And so, Purpose. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. And so I was like, okay. And then, yeah, it really just hit me. Like, that's it. Entrepreneurship and spirituality, not side by side, but like fully Mm -hmm. integrated and together. Changed my life. Like that's been, before that, it was like, oh, this business idea sounds great. This business idea sounds great. And I like nothing ever got done. And since then, everything has just fit into a whole a pattern. Um, and that's when things started to take off. How, how do you recommend that people start to blend those two areas of their lives? Speaking of the <laughs> spirituality and the, and the business side. Right. Um, it's a good question because like, it was like that kind of landed and then I was like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, that, so that, that was like a 10 year exploration almost of really figuring out what that, what that means. Um, but it's, to me, it's, it's combining the, the inner and the outer and the masculine and the feminine. So let me explain that. So the inner and the outer is whenever I'm faced with some sort of business challenge or any life challenge really, right? There's an inner component and then outer component. The inner component is who do I need to become in order to not have this problem or have the outcome that I want? Who do I need to become? And I'll literally go and like, I'll picture myself like in that situation, having that and try to feel like, how am I feeling in my body? Like, where do I feel a different energy? Where, Where do I notice that? And very often there's, there's, that tells me a lot right there. Like if you uh, feel like something's stuck over there, it kind of feels like, oh, uh, unworthiness. It feels like something. So I'll do that. Um, I'll give you an example too. Is like at, at one point I had a lot of trouble finding good developers to work for me and uh, I'm a developer, right? So, so what I realized was that I was really scared that, that I would find someone who was better than me and that my dad would love them more than he loves me, right? Because that was my way of getting approval and recognition and love from my dad was to show how good I was at computers. It was and, kind of this like core issue that you had been holding on to for all, for all these years. Right. Yeah. And there, like every time there's some growth, there's something inside that needs to shift. And then when that shifts, solving the problem and, you know, outside becomes super easy. However, you still have to do the work, right? And so the outer part is, is creating the systems. Uh, I'm very much a systems guy. So it's like, I, I think I, I like to combine things like systems and spirituality, right? So it's, it's both. And that's sort of where the masculine feminine also comes in. So the feminine is, is very good at feeling and vision and, and just like staying in, I'm not talking about the feminine energy that is in each and every one of us, right? 
Um, it goes on adventures. It doesn't really go anywhere in particular. And I lived my life there for like 10 years following this moment. I was very much there. And whenever things didn't work out, I would just go deeper into that. Let me just go in the bathtub and like close my eyes and meditate and visualize in this thing. And for some obscure reason, like it didn't really produce the results <laughs> in the outer world. Not quite. Like it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't really getting traction. And that's when I, I realized some like two and a half years ago, oh, right, I am, my masculine side is way underdeveloped. I decided as a kid that my dad was bad and scary and I didn't want to be like him. And so I basically shut off my, my masculine side as a five-year-old or something like that. And so it wasn't really grown. And so I was like, that needs to be built up. And, and that became a focus for me. And that's, again, where the growing up comes in because that then like, okay, now I'm a grown man, but I have this five-year-old boy inside. How can I be the parent, the father for him today to help him grow up to be a healthy, healthy adolescent, a healthy adult that, that can be with him, right? Um, and that changed everything, having these two combined, right? The typical thing is that people have one or the other. And when things aren't quite working, they just go deeper into the one that they're good at. And what we need is we need to be able to play on both sides. If you have too much masculine and not enough feminine, you're going to have tons of results and success and business a lot, but you're not going to feel fulfilled, right? It's not going to have meaning for you. There's not going to be depth to it. There might be you know, a lot of heart in it. If you're very much in your feminine, you have lots of heart and caring and vision and all that stuff, but you're not really making things happen. Interesting. So... So you go on kind of this decade-long exploration, and and you're learning this, and you're applying it in your life. Um, now it's something that you you coach other people to to be able to apply in their own lives to to get results in their lives, like yeah. you've had in yours. Um, what's kind of the the recommended starting point for you know our listeners who are hearing this for the first time, and you know some are probably going, I don't get it, and others are probably going, Whoa, he's speaking to me, like something is resonating here. Right. You know, for those people who who you know it's resonating with, what's the starting point? What's the starting point? I think it's 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 setting a higher standard for yourself, right? Setting that vision for yourself that you really, you really can have it all, right? Not letting yourself be stopped by, well, I mean, I guess like work is pretty good, but my relationships suck or, or whatever it is, right? So, so just not, you don't want to come from a place of being dissatisfied uh, or dissatisfaction can be okay. But I really like, love this feeling of satiated drive. Like I'm, I love everything in my life right now and I'm super hungry for more, right? Mm -hmm. And it, so is that realizing that you can, I think that's the number one thing that really stops people is they, they stop striving. They stop wanting more that for me, the desire for is, is divine. Like it's, it's part of our God, right. To, to have desire, whether it's, you know, sexual or material or, or, you know, feeling or whatever it is, it's, mm -hmm. that's what drives us. I re I remember hearing, uh, now I'll see if I can remember it off the top of my head, but um, you know somebody listed listed off like, okay, you've got faith, you've got career, you've got family, uh, you've got hobbies, and I don't remember what the fifth one was, maybe friends or something. They list off those five things, and they're like, choose three of the five because that's right. you know you you can't you can't excel in in all of those areas. And for me, I always hated that. I'm I'm like. Yeah. No, I don't want to have to like ignore two of those things because they're all really, really important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so, at, but at the same time that I've hated it, I've also kind of observed in myself and in my own life 
that I do tend to excel at two or three of those at a time, while you know a couple of the other things I feel like get out of balance, and then I have to kind yeah. of periodically you know reassess and rebalance and decide where I want to to put some of my focus. But one thing you said is you can have it all, and mm-hmm. and that speaks to me because I'm like I don't want to believe this concept of like choose three out of the five and that's all you get. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? I. Yeah, I believe that you can't have it all. And, and very often I find like, for for example, for me, I um, I didn't really invest in my health much until two years ago, um, you know, way back, back then in, in 2008. Um, well, at that point I quit, but like for years up leading up to that, I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and I was like drinking wine and like several glasses, like three or four nights a week. And I, you know, hated working out. So I pretty much never did that and just like didn't eat very healthy. And, uh, but, and two and a half years ago that, you know, gradually got better over a little bit of a period, but like two and a half years ago, I really took that seriously, started working out eight hours a week. Um, and that honestly changed everything. And what I find is that, that those, you know, investing in my health and and my, my physical body in that way has been tremendously important for my business and for my work. And so the way that I look at it is everything is centered around my life purpose and everything I do essentially is driving towards that life purpose, right? So everything becomes integrated. So it's not, it's not competing against each other. It's supporting each other, right? So, you know, yeah, my relationship, my physical body, my creativity, my friends, like all of that is in support of that. Like maybe, you know, spending time with my friends, we're not doing anything that is like directly related to like my purpose, but it gives me that free space, free room to, to revitalize that I need to put the energy into the other things or however that works out for you. So you talked about kind of, kind of the starting point, um, for our listeners, what would you recommend in terms of if if they're kind of struggling with this, you know, all of us entrepreneurs have these really high highs and really low lows. Um, and for the entrepreneurs who are kind of finding themselves on the downward end of those swings, what would be your recommendation to them? Learning to master your your thoughts and emotions is such a critical life skill. Like the only reason that you have these highs and lows is that you you believe the thoughts that are in your head and you haven't learned how to relate to your feelings. And so let me break that down. So whenever, if you're feeling low, right, you can trace it back to a, a, a story, a, a thought in your head that says like, oh, this is terrible. This is never going to work. Or this just this awful thing happened or this person is like just being unfair or whatever it is. So you want to trace back and find out what is that thought. There's a specific thought that causes you the, the pain, the suffering that you have in this moment. And once you identify that specific thought, it can take a little bit of detective work to be get really specific on what that is. Then you can question it. There's a lady named Byron Katie who's awesome. She has something that's called The Work. You can find it online. It's, it's, it's free, freely available. It's a series of questions, which is basically, is this true? Do I absolutely know that this is true? How does it, how do I feel when I believe that thought? And how would I feel if I just wasn't able to think that thought? 
And you realize that like you don't know that the thought is really true and that it makes you feel terrible <laughs> when you believe it. And if you couldn't think it, you would actually feel great. And then you can turn it around and say, okay, maybe the opposite is true. Maybe some other thing is as true or truer. So that's super powerful, super powerful. And and the second piece of just relating to your feelings is, is realizing that a fe- all a feeling is, is a sens- sensation in your body, right? You call it like anger. And what it really is, if you really tune into it, it's like, it's like, so sort of sort of like a warmth or like maybe a little bit of a vibration in your kind of shoulder area and then you're like oh huh all right that's all it is you really pay attention to the sensations but you don't need to apply the label and when you actually pay attention to the sensations or you know the fear typically in your belly or sorrow in your heart or whatever it wherever it is but once you start to really pay attention to the sensations and ignore the label then and then you breathe and then it just it kind of flows through you and feelings don't have the control over you that they normally do. There's a phrase that I love, which is every struggle is a struggle to avoid feeling a certain feeling. Once you stop fearing your feelings, once you just, oh, it's just a sensation in the body, it's all it is, then you can allow yourself to feel and then struggle ends right there. Boom, done. Calvin, thank you for taking the time to uh, share your story and share some uh, some practical advice for our listeners. Uh, where can our listeners stay in touch with you? Best place is my website, calvincorelli.com. I'm also Calvin Corelli on all of the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, of course, simplero.com if you are in the market for if you're selling information of some sort. Awesome. Thank you, Calvin. And for our listeners, uh, if you found any of this episode helpful, we would love it if you would like, share, subscribe. And other than that, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. As entrepreneurs and small businesses, we all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome and we want to share it with the world, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held from, okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14-day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. You actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell us over and over again, it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge and, and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen. And we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hbros.co slash script. That's hbros.co slash script.